Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie discussing the sermon from June 7th, 2020. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith Church podcast, episode 23. I am one of your hosts, Jay, and joining me on this very special episode is one Robbie Halim. Hey, guys. So this is the Michael Jordan episode. It is. That is the official radio term for episode 23. Yep. You know what it should be is the Ryan Sandberg episode. Ah. Yeah. Also a good choice. Yes. He was number 23 before. Actually, it's about the same time. That was back when I almost sort of paid attention to sports a little bit. Almost sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a big Ryan Sandberg fan. I had like a big baseball card collection. My kids just found all of my baseball cards. And so they were going through all of them. And now like, you have a lot of Ryan Sandberg. And I said, yeah, that was my player. That I don't know. Did you ever collect baseball cards? I did. Okay. So there kind of was the thing where you get a player that you'd say that that's yeah. my... That's Remember, we were just talking about that the other day, and you reminded me that all of my cards are totally worthless. Oh, that's right. We were talking about that. Yeah. Because all of them were, yeah. Because any anything you collected in the 80s and the 90s, because of all the fraud that was going on and how they would overproduce all these cards, and so they're just worthless, even the ones that we thought were super um, valuable at the time. They've fixed that now. The industry has been gone through all this reform and so now they're actually numbered and, you know, you, it's, they're like little pieces of art or whatever, but, oh, well. Oh, that was my whole retirement plan. So I've <laughs> got to renegotiate. I got to, I got to come up with a new strategy now yep. moving forward. Yeah. I'm good. I'm glad you told me now while yeah. there's time to readjust. Yeah. I feel like I'm safe because mine was in Beanie Babies. <laughs> so I, feel, <laughs> I feel like that's going to make a comeback. <laughs> No? Is that not a good? No. You got me with that one. <laughs> that was a get. Bro. All right. Well, uh, so <laughs> I really did get Robbie. That's not very common. You know, Robbie's a very, he's a very together guy. Anyway, um, so it's good to have you back though, man, because it is good to be back. Jeff's, Jeff's been holding down the fort trying to rein me in. and uh, That is, that's really a two-man job. It is. So... I think everybody's glad that you're back. Not because Jeff, we, we need to have one of these where it's just you and Jeff. And then I, it would be much more civil conversation. I feel like that you think so. Well, I mean, it'll be very, it'll be very polite. Yeah. It'll, that's what I mean. It might, it might be a little dull. We both, we both kind of have that NPR sort of voice. You bring, you bring all the energy, Jay. Yes. I've been told that for better and for worse. So we had a Bible and barbecue at our house last night how'd that go that was or two nights ago sorry uh it was amazing what is bible and barbecue for those who don't know yeah so bible and barbecue is our our junior high and high schoolers get together and uh cook some food and play some games have a devotion and whatnot and so right now it's interesting because right now during this time it's hard to know do we do that should we should we not but uh we are outside and so um playing uh we played I think ultimate and um, kickball and all kinds of things. It was, it was fun. And uh, I get to revert back to being like camp counselor, Jay. Uh, I bet that's fun. Uh, Well, it depends on who you ask. Hmm. My, if you ask Lauren, I think fun is not the word she would use to describe that. Hmm. Maybe slightly embarrassing. I don't know if you ask my kids, uh, they're not sure. Is it fun for others who are not a part of your immediate family? Seems to be. 
it seems to be received well. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, it's it's just I'm a little little high energy, little um, self deprecating, little little Chris Farley ish. Probably I don't know. Maybe hmm. yeah. Christoph's nodding like a lot a lot Chris Farley ish. That's he a is. good description of it. So um, yeah. So anyway, that's what we did this weekend. That yeah, sounds fun. Great. Uh, but also this weekend, we uh. I, I don't know if you heard, but preached a sermon this weekend. I did hear that. Yeah. So, uh, and so we wanted to talk a little bit, have a little follow-up conversation about that because it touched on some uh, interesting topics. Indeed. I I truly appreciated Sunday and, and it led to some really great discussion in, in the few families that we were worshiping with. Um, and I, I know, I mean, we always talk about how... Uh, when we're done with a sermon, there's always things that we wish we had said or said differently or added or not said. Um, and surely tackling uh, both the, 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 a passage and, and then a, a cultural idea as large as you tackled, there had to be some things that you would have wished you had some more time to unpack, right? So many things. Okay, what, what, what? what is something that you wish uh, if you had more time you would have unpacked a little bit more. This one's harder than than most because most of the time, if I'm just teaching a passage and applying it in ways, uh, you know, I always try to push on our hearts a little bit. Like I want us to to always be looking at scripture and applying it and really searching if if I'm if I'm am I really obeying this? Am I really believing this? Does my life look like I believe this? Um, and so a lot of times I'm cutting things out that would also be good things or fine things to, to share. Uh, but just in the interest of time, I don't include all those. This is one where there's a lot of discernment in all kinds of things that I would want to say. There's just so many things to say and trying to figure out, you know, my goal in this whole thing is, uh, my goal in, in this weekend was to talk to our people, to our church family. I'm not, um, I'm not in a different context. I'm not, I, I am where I am and I love where I am and I love the people that I get to serve. And so, um, this was for our church family. And so, um, I know that there are people from the outside who could look at some of the things I said and, um, receive it one way or the other. Like there are people who could, could say, I didn't, I didn't go far enough. I didn't say enough things. And there are other people who could say that I was, you know, going too far and, and saying too much, uh, and and I'm okay with that. Um, what I what I'm most concerned about is our church family here, and um, to that extent, like the first thing I would say, one of the things that was super encouraging was, um, I will tell you that after the first service, my phone started blowing up, and I could feel it. It was on it was on vibrate, and so I could feel it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I wonder what the response is going to be, and it was all positive which was super encouraging to me. For those um, of you not familiar with the term blowing up, that does not mean that Jay's phone exploded. It means he received a lot of messages. That is true. Like the vibrate just keeps... Burp, burp, burp. Yeah, I guess I should qualify that. So not Someone, that someone expecting that, you know, Whoa. your phone burst into flames. Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, no. It, 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 I could tell there were a lot of texts coming in. And um, when I read them... I was really encouraged. And what's encouraging about that is, you know, our church family has always 
I've found that they've always been receptive to hard topics when approached biblically. So the measurement isn't always, am I a hundred percent where you are in the, in the understanding of this or how it applies or anything like that? It's, that's not the measurement. It's, well, did you, did you come at it biblically and, you know, are there things for me to consider? And yeah. I got a lot of that. And that was, um, Good. that was really encouraging. That didn't really answer your question though. Not entirely. That yeah. was helpful to know though. And, and I, I appreciate you, you addressing how important it is that we, as, as communicators, we're, we're trying to shepherd the church that God has actually put in front of us. And so, um, sometimes people can compare like, well, why didn't we use this illustration or why didn't we say that? Um, oftentimes that's because it's not relevant to who we are and where we actually are. Maybe it is on a broader national scale. Maybe that's something that a lot of um, more public pastors or authors are saying. Um, but our our goal is not uh, national relevance as much as it is to be able to to love well and shepherd well our actual people that are a part of this specific church. So I appreciate that, that that's something that you're considering when you're thinking through illustrations that there may be an illustration that you think is, uh, is, is better from a 30,000 foot view, but doesn't communicate to us here as a part of this family. And so I think, um, I think it's helpful for people to hear that's often why we choose one illustration over another or one passage over another, because we want to speak to our people. Right. Yeah. And I think when I considered and really prayed through, okay, where are people? How do I, how do I shepherd in this time? I, I really think when in in conversations I've had with people in our church about this topic, what keeps coming up over and over again is it's people just are really struggling with how, how do I think about this and who are the voices I can trust? Because, um, it does feel like we are caught not just with this issue, but with uh, obviously with the pandemic and other, uh, other situations, it feels like our more and more, the media is just a propaganda machine from whatever point of view they have. And it's, it's all over the map and all over the place. And so it can be really hard to try to figure out, okay, well, what, what's trustworthy, what's true. And that's what I, when, when I even ask the question of, should I, I know that there are definitely people who would say, well, this isn't really relevant for us. Uh, Well, I would disagree with that. It is incredibly relevant for us. Um, But I would also say that kind of what I, I mentioned on Sunday, that we have to be the ones leading out and helping our people think about this biblically uh, and, and trying to be a different voice than, um, than the, a lot of the propaganda that, that is out there and it is propaganda. I mean, that is the whole, like when, when I mentioned the article wars and that was one of the things that I thought about, um, people posting and I still just see it all the time. And, uh, and I did, I left out one, I said that nobody's actually reading the articles. Um, that's not completely true. Some people do read the articles, but I think it's safe to say that if the opposition posts an article that you either just read the headline and refute and just determine it based on that, or, you read it with the purpose of refuting it, right? Right. Which is, with 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 your uh, with your rebuttal article already locked and loaded, ready right. ready to repost. As you were as you were making that comment about how if you see a, an article and and you read the the headline and you disagree with it, you don't read it. The person who was sitting next to me leaned over and said, 
I don't even read it if I'm pretty sure I agree with it. Like just saying that's not mm. that's not where I go to for dialogue right. and 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 to to engage in that way. That's not where I'm going to seek information. I'd rather have a face to face conversation, which appreciated. Yeah, yeah, and so I, so I guess this is kind of where I feel like we are now in in thinking about uh, what I would have included, what I wouldn't have included, what I would cut. I I feel like I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit that that he sovereignly shut my mouth. There are definitely things that were in my notes that I didn't say. And I'm just trusting that that was the the right thing. And, and then, and vice versa, there were things that I said that weren't in my notes. Uh, but I, I, I think the bigger question right now is where, where do we go from here? Like, what do we, what do we do now? Because I was so encouraged by the response of our people and I think a mistake would be that we just say, oh, okay, that was, those are good things to think about. Mm. And now I just go on right. about my life. Um, how do we, how do we actually take this? And so I'm curious, you know, either from your conversations, Robbie, or from you, like, what are your thoughts on um, how, how do we move forward from, from this, like hearing the sermon and then thinking about this as you've been thinking about this, are there any next steps that came into your mind? Well, one of the things that was really fruitful out of our conversation on Sunday was was talking about how the reason this seems to explode when it when it surfaces it blows up in very dramatic and and painful and unhealthy ways is because we're not good at having the conversation day to day that right. that we don't want to have hard conversations there's certain topics in church and in culture that we just simply don't address and we don't want to and there's kind of these unspoken rules of or we don't preach about that on a sunday um but to your point on on sunday well if we're not learning about that in the church then where are we getting that information Mm -hmm. it's not going to be a better option than the word of god um and so one of the things that that came out of our conversation was uh moving forward we need to continue having this specific conversation and and then use this in a sense to practice having more difficult conversations because there are certainly other aspects of uh of injustice and 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 cultural issues and idols within within society that we want to address and and that are within the church and and we need to be able to get better at talking about these things and it starts by continuing this conversation as you said by not not just saying okay we talked about it great now we can move on but but to continue to discuss this, to begin to to reshape uh, my my worldview, how I think, how I see this through the lens of Scripture, and be able to have that through through the biblical lens with other people, so that um, so that I can get better and better at having those same type of difficult conversations about about other topics, um, which which I think. Um, kind of dovetails with a conversation we were having before we started recording and this idea that um, that we have this conversation not because we think this is the only thing, but because in talking about this, we, we begin to affect other things as well. Uh, and I think that applies to a, a common phrase that we are hearing a lot and has been plastered all over social media um, and, and that difference of... of all lives matter versus black lives matter. Why, why, how, how do you think Jay, we should approach that term? Boy, you just throw that one right at me. Okay. Uh, well, so, so that, so I would think of that in terms of context of, so I'm talking to the person right now who says, 
okay, I, I feel like maybe, you know, cause I've been in this place where I feel like maybe I've been buying into the propaganda machine a little bit and I've been felt like, feel like the culture is, um, uh, the, the non-Christian culture is forcing me to be backed into corners that I, I'm not like, you look at Jesus, the life of Jesus, he was constantly being tried. They kept trying to paint him into a corner. That was like the number one strategy was get Jesus into an either or statement where he had to, or either way he loses. And he never fell into that. Masterfully avoided Masterfully. every one of those pitfalls. Yeah. Watch every one of his interactions with the Pharisees, with Satan in the desert. Like it is constantly, they're trying to say it's either A or B. And Jesus says, no, it's not. And, uh, and he, he puts forward a new thing. And that's what I keep, I always say like the gospel has a third way. So the culture can only see this way or this way, but the gospel always has a third way. And, um, I think, so that's a, that's a big thing is is helping people understand, okay, how do I actually think through this in those terms? And, and, and so I want to give help to our people. I want to give help to people saying, okay, I want to, I want to listen. I do grieve over what has happened to, uh, to black Americans and, and, and that, and to that culture. And, and yes, I grieve in other injustices, but, but here's the attention pay, being paid to here right now. And, um, and so one of the ways that you can help in that conversation is, yeah, I, I'd love it if we would stop using the, like the phrase or the rebuttal of all lives matter, because what we're saying in that and what people are saying is they're not, we're not saying that not all lives matter. We're saying that there's particular, uh, uh, that, that there's a particular segment of the population that has been undervalued, has been oppressed, has been, um, has been harmed. And so we need to draw attention to that it's because we believe all lives matter that we would say black lives matter. It's because we need to draw particular attention and, Drawing particular attention to something does not devalue all of the other things. It's right. the insistence on g- generalizing everything that devalues the specific. Now we see that obviously in scripture. So one of the the memes that has been going around, and I've seen it from several pastors, and I agree with it, is it's it's funny but sad at the same time, where they're picturing the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, "Blessed are the poor," and having somebody raise their hand and be like, "Uh, Jesus, aren't all people blessed?" Are you saying that the rich aren't blessed? Are you saying the middle class aren't blessed? That's obviously a ridiculous thing, right. statement. When Jesus says, blessed are the poor, he's not saying only the poor are blessed. He's saying, because all people are created in the image of God, I'm drawing attention to specifically the poor, because that was a segment of the population that was seen as outcast. And um, he doesn't say, when he heals someone, if someone came forward and asked him for healing, and and says, you know, like, please, you know, will you heal me of blindness or leprosy or whatever? He's not saying in that moment, is it wrong for Jesus to specifically look at that person and heal that person? Like, should he respond to that person? Well, everybody has their trials. So I, I'm not going to pay attention to you specifically. Like we need to generally speak of everybody right now. No, he, he looks people in the eyes. He, he listens to them. He hears them and then he heals them specifically. And that specific story then says something it does say something bigger, but you don't, you don't say the bigger thing by ignoring the specifics. That's actually how you communicate the bigger thing. Yeah. It actually draws greater attention to the bigger thing for, right. for Jesus to, to, to reach out to the leper and in a sense say lepers matter. Right. Right. That, that doesn't diminish everyone else. It elevates that particular individual who is, 
who was suffering from uh, being culturally ostracized, it, and 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 he and he elevates that. If if I am if I'm struggling and I'm feeling discouraged, uh, and and I ask and I ask you, do you do I matter, Jay? And your response is, well, everybody matters. Right. Like, that doesn't super encourage me right now. I mean, it's true, but but for you to look me in the eye and say, yes, Robbie, you matter. Like you matter to me. That that communicates both a deep love for me and a general sense of the value of of people in general um so i, I think I, I think and 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 we realize that there it's a it's a loaded term because there's there's a whole movement and there's there's specific organizations wrapped up in that and so please don't hear us necessarily saying uh you know we uh, as you've already said like we're not trying to to um to agree with one particular side of propaganda versus another, we just want to protect ourselves from having that knee-jerk response to a phrase that is meant to communicate value and dignity and, and, and the beauty of being an image bearer of God that is unique as he created us and not immediately respond to that in a knee-jerk, well, no, here's why that's wrong, and inadvertently, accidentally devalue somebody else in, in the process of that. Right. Which I think is a really good example when you say that illustration of you coming to me and saying, like, do I matter? Um, and if I if I generalize that, that's actually unloving and that would be a discouragement, It'd be a further discouragement. That's what I see happening right now. That's what's disconcerting about it is to have uh, is to have our black brothers and sisters saying this is a problem. And then when we respond, well, everyone's got problems. Mm. That's not, mm. that's not helpful. Yeah. It's true. It's not, it's not helpful. And, you know, I think about, um, there's just so many other examples of this. We draw attention to specific issues that are representative of bigger things that are going on. But we're saying if, if it's not true, like if, if black lives don't matter, then, then all lives don't matter. Like you, you have to, you have to, draw attention to that. So that would be one thing. It would be an encouragement is that would be, um, a good thing to say that if you say that, if you say black lives matter, you're not, you're not saying that everybody else doesn't matter. You're not saying that you're anti-law enforcement. You're not saying you're, you're, you're not saying those things. You're saying, I, I hear, I hear this and I'm, I'm listening and I'm paying attention. And, um, and I agree that, uh, that this segment matters. And, um, segment of our culture and our population. And there are other ways to express your support then, you know, for, sure. for other factions. Like, I think it is good and healthy to say, okay, if we're going to deal with like, say, say we're going to deal with police brutality, like you just statistically can't argue. I mean, people try to put out things, but statistically there are some, there's disparity there and it's, and it, that's not okay. Like we need to say that's not okay, but there's a way to do that, that you're not, going to just scapegoat all police officers and say, well, the problem is police officers. If we just didn't have police officers, then we wouldn't have any of this. Well, no, because this is much more systemic right. than that. This is much more deeply rooted and seated in, in our culture and in our, um, in our nature than, than just in one segment of the population. And so we are, when you're dealing with this big of an issue, it is going to take kind of piece by piece going through it, um, and saying, okay, I'm going to deal with this issue. No, this isn't okay. It's not okay with me that, um, 
that if you're a black man, you're five times more likely to be imprisoned. Like that's, that's not okay. Now, why is that the case? How did that happen? What, well, there's a lot of discussion that goes around that, but you can start by saying that's not okay. And I hear that. And I hear that frustration and the hopelessness that comes from that. And let's go from there. I hear that is such an important phrase, right? That, that is really, um, arguably the most important thing we can be doing right now is to, is to simply listen. I mean, to your, to your point a minute ago of, of somebody saying like, boy, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. And, and I respond with, well, everybody has problems. Um, I could actually be saying that in an attempt to be encouraging, right? I mean, that, right. that sounds dismissive. It sounds like quit your crying. Everybody's got problems, but you could also say that in a, in a way of, well, I'm trying to make you feel like, you know, you're not alone in this. Like, you know, you know, people right. are struggling everywhere, you know, we're, we're with you in that. But in it, really what that person needs in that moment is to know you're listening to them about their specific situation. Right. So for us to be able to stop and, and just say, I'm listening. And that doesn't mean I have to agree with every single answer, but I don't have to refute every single answer. As soon as I hear it, I can just stop and, and listen because people are coming from different perspectives. People are coming from different families people are coming from different cultures people are coming from different towns people are coming i mean there's differences in people just between peshtigo and marinette so certainly there's going to be a difference between people in peshtigo and milwaukee Uh, and and so to be able to stop and say you've had a very different experience than me tell me about it help me help me understand your perspective and and to be able to listen to one another long enough to to be able to to address that truly with the gospel rather than, than, than refuting on points that I can't even possibly understand before we even get to what the real heart issue is. Yeah. And I think, you know, for people to have that tool, those tools kind of, I would, I would say a good place to start is not only listening, but then be really mindful of heart issues that come up. I mean, I, it's so easy to respond defensively to things but defensiveness is never, it's not a Christ-like character trait. And so when I see that in myself and I feel the need to defend myself, um, I should take a step back of that. So I would say defensiveness is something to avoid. I would be careful of deflection. Watch for that. Deflection is the, the okay, someone says this, but like, well, yeah, but what about this other thing that isn't what they're talking about? It's, it's a side issue or something that may be related or maybe a playing out of it. But that's deflection. Like you're still not listening to actual concern that that somebody has. And so I think if we can do that, if we can have some of those conversations, not not get into the social media wars, not um, not just spout off like some random article headline or whatever. And but to actually listen to real people who, you know, who have had those experiences and uh as best as you can have face-to-face conversations. We are talking about how this is, it's quite difficult right now that we're not really um, always allowed to do that or not encouraged to do that, but it still would be um, really, really important. And I think, uh, and then we mentioned it earlier, the Sermon on the Mount, read through the Sermon on the Mount. Like what are the, what are the defining marks of what does it mean to be a part of the kingdom? And you'll see things on being merciful and being a peacekeeper. And we need to be reminded that, uh, we, we so easily buy into this idea that the goal is to have all the right answers and all the right conclusions. And it's not, we are called constantly to have the character and the, the, the character of Christ and the nature of him and to which, 
when you watch Jesus in his interactions, his number one goal is not to fix everybody's answers. It is to always dig deeper. Jesus is a masterful listener. So he listens so well that he often answers the question that somebody's really asking, yeah. even though they say it's about this, he's, he's going after the heart of what they're actually after. Um, and, and in doing that, he's communicating bigger truths, uh, around him. And so if we're going to say that we believe everybody is made in the image of God and we're going to truly love God and love people, uh, then we should be known as the people who are the quickest to listen, that the people who are most interested in what a person's actually saying and what they're actually getting at and that we can deal with those things and that we're not going to be held hostage to, uh, you know, f- to buy into the lie that by saying this thing is important means that we're saying that not other things are important or that we're actually disparaging some other thing. Like we, we don't have to be backed into that corner. And so I would just encourage Christians in that. Like you don't, don't let the enemy back you into a corner. That's what really makes this uh, a, a, a unique opportunity for us is the yeah. the the answer to how should we respond in the circumstance. Spoiler alert: is how we should respond in every circumstance. Yeah, like we should. It's not different when we're talking about race than it is when we're talking about any other uh, cultural or or familial or personal issue. Where we should walk in a Christ-like manner we should be quick we should always be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry we should always love mercy we should always love others the way we have been loved we should always love one another uh, as a demonstration of of the way christ has loved us like all of those things loving and living like jesus are how we're supposed to handle all circumstances this this gives us an opportunity to practice that so that uh by God's grace, we can respond a little bit more like Jesus in the next situation. Yeah, I think, so here'd be my last thought on that as far as, um, I was thinking about the whole, obviously the slow to speak and quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, which is the exact opposite of what I would say happens on social media. I mean, like literally the exact opposite. So I I don't listen. I, I see an article, a headline, I quickly rush to judgment uh, I don't take my time in listening to what's going on there. I quickly respond to it. I put out my thoughts in that and I become angry so fast. And um, I just want us to be aware of the fact that we're being baited. Right. Like human nature all over is being baited. So one of the, one of the things that if you have a journalism background, you know that the people who write the articles don't choose the headlines. Like a lot of people think that the person who writes the article chooses the headline. They don't like nine times out of 10, they don't have any say in what the headline of the article is. The people who set the headline to the article are their only goal is to get people to click on the article. That's it. They don't care if they don't care if the headline is represented. I can't tell you how many times I've clicked on an article and then read the article and said that had nothing to do with the headline. That was a terrible headline for that article for better or for worse, it could be anything, but that's called clickbait. Like the, the whole idea is the person forming the article, they want, they want to elicit an emotional response from you right. that will drive up their, their numbers. That's all they care about. Right. So, cause they get paid, right? That's how they get paid. They get paid for, for getting me angry yeah. enough to click on it. Right. And every time I fall for it, I just play right into those hands. So refute that. Yeah. If you want to click on an article and read it, 
then read it and then and then you know make you can have some thoughts on that but we just need to know where the time and the place is and right now it, i just want to encourage us and encourage that we'll continue to talk about this we're still trying to figure out how do we how do we move forward then as a as a people like i said the response was so strong of people saying i i need i need this i need to be thinking about this in different ways and i didn't know where to turn and so i'm i feel that's part of why i was repenting on sunday and just saying i this is my job like yeah. we we have to as elders be leading our people in this and helping us handle this if we don't do that then we're just we're just turning our people over to only to only hear from the news you know the propaganda machines that are going on out there and that's going to lead to us being incredibly divided and so hopefully uh, we can continue to kind of shepherd us along the way. We're not sure what that's going to look like. We're still trying to figure some of that stuff out. Um, but if you, this is how you guys could help us. Let us know. Like if you have questions, if you, I, I, I just want for our church family to know that if you read an article and you, or you're hearing something and, and you're confused by it, or you are bothered by it, you're not sure how, is this the biblical point of view or whatever? That's what your elders are here for. You can send that to us. You can ask us those questions and we will, we can help you kind of think through that and walk through that. Um, and so if you have those, like send, send them to us. Absolutely. My and, family in particular are used to getting uh, the occasional question on race as a multi-ethnic family. This is, right. this is not a, uh, a, an occasional social media issue that pops up this is this is the daily reality of our lives so we're we we want to love and serve the family well by by helping uh answer any questions that we can obviously our our situation and and our experience is not universal um by any means but but we want to be a resource however we can we're not we're not afraid of of questions no no we're not so know that that is not a bother to us it's actually our joy to be able to do that. So, um, so please feel free to, to do that and, and send us in any questions or any other questions that you may have. Um, and again, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful that we can have these conversations. I, I did leave Sunday feeling very encouraged and um, just thankful to God that, that he created the environment for that and that we, um, that we are able to have this have this conversation and see you know what is he going to do with it in the future so with that i'm getting the thumbs up from robbie and the nod from christoph um i think if christoph if christoph had his druthers i would constantly be limited to 12 minutes in all walks of life well, lucky, Jeff, lucky said, for you, he does not have his druthers. He does not have his druthers. He's lost his druthers. Yeah, he said it was generous. I think 12 minutes may have been too long, so we'll see. All right, well, thank you for joining us on another edition of the Faith Church Podcast, and make sure you look for the second one to come later this week. Bye.